Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel where yes we're back today episode 48 episode 49 40. I think. is it 49 are we almost at a half century of Knowing Wheel here it is it's episode 49 of That's Knowing mad. Wheel that is kind of wild um as you would have already heard though as always we're joined once again by Mr 183 how the devil are we mate I'm doing all right yeah decent uni's yeah. done for three weeks which is nice that's so, all right for stuff. Yeah. Imagine having a job. Actually, I do have a job. We'll ignore that. Let's, yeah, doing well. How about you? Yeah, I must admit, I've, I've had better weekends uh, than the one I've just went through. But, you know, we, we keep moving. Um, but, yeah, we'll wait and see. You know, race week once more, though. We're looking forward to heading back to the land down under uh, at Albert Park. Um, it's been weird, hasn't it, Jamie? It felt for me really odd that we didn't have a race last weekend. Yeah, it was a bit... A bit strange. I guess we got spoiled by having, what, two very good races back-to-back. But even one week off feels like starvation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the next few, there's a lot of break weeks now coming up, isn't it? Yeah, there? we've not really got many back-to-backs at all, really. I think but... Baku, Canada, I want to say, for some yeah, yeah. stupid Which... reason, is the Why? next back-to-back yeah. one. <laughs> Just makes zero sense. But, yeah, we're in Australia this week. And then Imola yes. in two weeks' time. Well, yeah, and we, weeks time. I will be in Imola. And you'll be in Imola. Wow. Three weeks' time. I'm really, I'm really now starting to look forward to that. Yeah. Nice. Um, but as always, though, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, hello, Jamie. Make sure you wave to the camera as well, so I don't look like a muppet. Um, of course, if you want to check out this on Spotify, there will be links down below as well to everything else. You know, if you want to shop F1 merch, want to shop Manscaped, everything like that. Links all down in the description. Of course, timestamps as well. You know, this one is probably going to be a bit more of a chatty episode. We've got a few things to get through uh, today. So, of course, if, you know, there's one sort of big thing you really want to see, then there will be timestamps linked down below as well. But, Jamie, let's get right into it then. Big news from last week. F1 is heading to Vegas. Yeah, and I think that's very cool. Um, Yeah, the, the track's not that inspiring, but... It certainly looks decent, and I think the drivers better are going to absolutely love one. it. Oh yeah, much better than Caesar's Palace. What, a, what a terrible race that was <laughs> back in the day. But no, it looks <laughs> like very you exciting. It. Yeah, I definitely remember 1982. Yeah, um, was it? Is that a, that's a random 82, year. 82, 83. No, oh, you were I'm spot such on. a genius. You are yeah. such an F1 nerd. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks very good. I, night race as well. Um, it's a bit weird that it's happening in that's like saturday night effectively yeah which, so we're gonna be what like i can't remember how it they're behind this aren't they so it'll happen yes. saturday evening in america which will yeah. effectively for europeans it'll be like 2a or 3am on a sunday yes. morning i think it's is... gonna be slightly later than that because yeah. it is quite late at night in las vegas yeah another night race as well i, I don't have we had when was the last time a new track got announced that wasn't a night race <laughs> feels like well, a long a time. That's a very good question. Probably, I guess, Imola, Netherlands. I suppose. Or Imola, yeah. And Netherlands, yeah. But yeah, that, and it, it occurred to me, oh, I saw a thing on Instagram this morning, Australia this weekend is the the first time we've had a day race in the last six races. <laughs> Which is a bit mad, really. When, that's like, mad. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that. Like 14 years ago, there was one night race and it was quite iconic. Wait, the last six races in a row. So we've had night five races. night races in a row, yeah. Fine, yeah, because we had obviously two Jeddahs, one Yas Marina, one Bahrain. Well, Yas Marina wasn't really a race, but still. Um, <laughs> Bahrain. Yeah, Qatar was as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So Brazil was the last time we had a daytime race. That's insane. Which is crazy. 
That genuinely is completely blowing my mind there, Jamie. Well, there you go. Another one to look forward to in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Better when's it going to be? We've got uh... more night races than day races. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> the European season just gets smaller and smaller until every race is happening under floodlights. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, obviously going back to Vegas then, Jamie, like you said, the track, I think, has potential. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's I don't think yeah certainly not going to be I'm, a world beater I'm not a huge fan of the obsession with street tracks I mean I like them especially sort of purpose built type street tracks so the one in Jeddah is quite cool um, well we, we spoke about that last week didn't yeah we? yeah but like this one looks a bit like a Formula E circuit to be honest but I'm sure a lot be bigger right. yeah yeah much much bigger than a Formula E much circuit bigger. it's going to be what I think 50 253 laps I want to say something like that yeah and I do it does look really cool like the especially if it's raining the pictures will just be my phone background for eternity honestly <laughs> like that would be incredible seeing the F1 cars on the strip if it's raining but there we go I'm sure it'll be fun the drivers are going to love it and another race in America so that'll be three including what well, Miami which is coming up soon yeah May I think yeah and obviously Kota which has been around for a while now so it's good I like I like the fact that we're moving into America a bit <laughs> yeah and I think this has definitely been a big talking point for a lot of people this week isn't it mm. of people going you know we've now got three races in America and Germany still can't host a race <laughs> things like that yeah where do we sort of sit on this debate I think it's in F1's interest to conquer North America almost. Yeah. Obviously, the Canadian Grand Prix has been around for years and years. Uh, Mexico's, it's a staple, I'd argue. Yeah. Mexico's been recently okay, although there's rumours it might not be much for much longer. Um, and yeah, Cota's been a big success. I think Miami looks pretty decent. And America's massive. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. North America is probably... It is bigger than Europe, isn't it, in terms of population and size. Uh, I least... wouldn't say population necessarily. Well, it's uh, are we talking all of North America? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can't imagine there's a huge difference. You keep yeah, talking about, but it, even so, like that'll make it what six, no, five races across North America, and in Europe we've still got about twelve. So I can see why people are annoyed because it is one country seeming to get all of the attention, but it's a very big country. So yes, yeah, yeah. I don't and mind of... it too much. Of course, the big thing as well, I think a lot of people forget is, like you said, obviously, America alone is massive. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about, you know, why don't we get more races in Europe when things like Zandvoort and Spa are less than 100 miles apart, aren't they? Yeah. You know, Zandvoort, uh, sorry, Nürburgring and Spa as well. I've driven between the two circuits mm. before. They're not far away at all from each other. Uh, just to clarify as well, population in Europe is approximately 750 million. Uh, population of North America is currently 590 million. Okay. So yeah, really not so, much difference. No, not a huge difference. And yeah, you're talking like the road trip from like Silverstone to Budapest is probably, this is a complete guess, but it's probably similar to the distance between like Las Vegas and Kota, for instance. Yeah, yeah. You probably haven't picked the best two examples No, there. probably not. Um, but, I don't yeah, know no, I think... geography at all. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, I mean, Kota is very much sort of out in the middle of nowhere, to be honest, because yeah, obviously it's it Texas, but it's pretty much far away from, well, the other side of Kota. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I think the other big thing as well, isn't it, of, of course, 
no matter which country you go to in Europe, if you host another American Grand Prix, you're looking at an economy that is seven times larger at the very yeah. least. And yeah. that's over a country like Germany. And also, I I do, I think a really cool example of this working is like uh, Guan Yu Zhou, who I've obviously got to talk about in every podcast. But yeah. like the idea of a, a Grand Prix, like F1 setting up a new Grand Prix in a, in a country that hasn't had many drivers in the past obviously america has had quite a few but not in modern history so Alexander rossi yeah obviously. Oh, the boys <laughs> the what was it we didn't put him in trash did we, when we did no i think we put list. him in d tier yeah <laughs> but even so you look at the chinese grand prix there was no history of f1 there at all you stick a race there some kid goes to shanghai sees and he was alonso a hamilton drive. fan it was alonso fan actually at first and then, and then a hamilton fan he came <laughs> and then what 15 20 years later he's then been inspired to start a career in motorsport and got to f1 like that's kind of the ideal for f1 because obviously having tracks is all well and good for places like america but ideally you do want a driver yes yeah i think i like i said i've been amazed since obviously has departed from euro Cali and everything like that that Haas didn't go completely balls to the wall with like American flags everywhere yeah. on the car. I genuinely think that would have been a fantastic marketing move from them because there is no country more patriotic than the US. Whether it's for better or for worse is <laughs> open to debate, I'm sure. Yeah. But they could have really gone all out on that. Yeah, definitely. But I think getting an American driver was one step too far because there's not really that many. Oh yeah, no, I didn't mean that sort not, of side. Yeah, of not things. with the driver, but yeah. I do see as soon as there is an American driver good enough, whether it be Logan Sargent or uh, Callum Williams, hasn't had the best start to his F two career, but someone like that has to be snapping at the bit to get them in the car. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, there's always still discussions, isn't there? I wonder um, whether we're going to see, you know, maybe like an Audi or a Porsche, you know, but that's something else we're going to talk about later on. Mm in this podcast um whether we could see a team like that potentially get an american driver or you know mclaren could potentially look at it if they have to become a bit more of a b-spec team for someone else again yeah definitely. you just never quite know and there's plenty of decent drivers in indycar as well so exactly indycar is full of talent at the yeah. moment as well and of course with especially with simulators and everything like that nowadays you can theoretically get more up to speed quicker for formula yeah. one yeah definitely well, we've seen, I mean, in the last two races, like Magnussen and Hulkenberg, who haven't been in F1 for 18 months each, suddenly jump in. They do a fairly respectable job, certainly Magnussen. Yeah, uh, Magnussen certainly got about the car quite a lot, but still did okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? Because I really don't know when we're going to next see an American in Formula 1. But he, to be honest, you talking about Zhou Guanyu actually, has kind of got my mind thinking as well. Could we potentially, down the line, see a Chinese street circuit? It wouldn't surprise me. I think they'll need to get re-established in Shanghai first because obviously they've not been there in a long time. Yeah. Um, because of the pandemic and obviously that, stuff like that. But if they go back to Shanghai and it's like a sellout because Joe's created massive hype for F1 there, like it wouldn't surprise me if we get a second race in China at all. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think obviously if Zhou Guanyu does get some big results then again obviously they could really sort of explode the chinese interest in yeah. formula one once more there but and, uh, yeah vegas though oh vegas sorry. seems to be uh coming at the cost of france which i'm not yes about at all. 
That's very yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, Paul Ricard had a pretty good show in last year. And again, I think it's sort of the same vibe, isn't it, with Germany? You know, there's so much. I mean, France did effectively invent the motor car and the motor yeah, race. And they had the first ever race, didn't they? Yes, yeah. The, the Paris to Rouen rally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Le Castellet is such an uninspiring circuit. <laughs> there is a big element of that, though, yeah. isn't there? France. I'd love them to go back to Rouen if they could do that up, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> that, yeah, that would not work. Um, yeah, it always surprised me, isn't it? You know, sort of, you'd look at the history of France in Formula One. You know, Magni Corps, again, was obviously quite an iconic track, I think, for a lot of people of a certain generation. Dijon like, was pretty good, 1979. Dijon as well, yeah, of course, all those years ago. Whether we could obviously just see, you know, at some point down the line, you know, if F1 keeps expanding at the exponential rate it has whether we could see like a new sort of purpose-built French Grand Prix circuit because they yeah, definitely maybe. again a bit like obviously Germany's got you know Nürburgring and Hockenheim are both two certainly very good good F1 tracks of course that's just yeah. a monetary issue but I think France desperately needs sort of like an iconic yeah. track back even if it was Magnicor yeah yeah I don't think Magnicor will really work with the size of the cars we've got now no but... no yeah, a purpose-built track would be great. Even like a Paris street circuit would be pretty awesome. But we've got enough yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be certainly yeah. very, very interesting down the line. Um, yeah, going back to Vegas, though, Jamie, quickly. Obviously, talking about, you know, night race, everything like that. A bit strange, though, isn't it, as well? You know, the fact, obviously, we've got Miami, we've got Texas, we've now got Las Vegas. But, of course, Las Vegas being a night race is pretty much going to completely eliminate the east coast of the US being able to watch it because it'll be at like 1am yeah. which seemed a bit of an odd move yeah it's a bit strange isn't it I guess America like they I... know how to do their marketing don't they you look at stuff like the Super Bowl yeah yeah it's huge doing stuff on Saturday night for the main market in the west coast well they're doing it to try and not conflict with um, Super Bowl Sunday and things like that aren't they yeah yeah but a Saturday night prime time they're gonna make it such a show you can just tell oh yeah really. exactly <laughs> like it will be tailored for the u.s audience and it's I'm gonna sure. burn yeah. our retinas with flashing lights at half yeah, four in the yeah. morning <laughs> um, yeah we'll be up at 3 a.m watching las vegas and just won't be able to sleep because of all the lights that have been invading our eyes <laughs> exactly exactly that's that's gonna be fun isn't it but yeah track though certainly looks interesting like i said obviously two massive straights you know you go around sort of a lot of the do we call them landmarks in Las Vegas? I suppose we probably should, shouldn't we? Yeah. You know, we, we get to drive past the fake Eiffel Tower, uh, which yep. does make me chuckle. I can see the fake London Eye in the middle as well. There's the fake London Eye, yeah, um, everything like that. The building um, that looks like the Eiffel Tower, I see that as well. I say, there's there's a fidget spinner. There's I don't a know ball. When... Uh... <laughs> there's, there's a ball, yeah. Um, you can tell. <laughs> should, we, should we do a tour to Vegas? Should we go Vegas yeah, Grand Prix weekend? Obviously, if you couldn't tell, we've never been. No, um, no, I don't know no. anything about Las Vegas. So far from it's got I'm, lots of casinos. Pretty much, yeah. All I know about Las Vegas is it's got lots of casinos and anything I've seen from The Hangover Part One, <laughs> which is probably not a great reference no. point. But you know, we, no. we move, we move. I even put a Hangover meme up on the channel uh, last week there. But yeah, moving away though, then Jamie from Las Vegas. Smaller news then. Nico Hulkenberg, he said he wants to come back full time. Not really surprising, is it? No, I mean he, he didn't. He wasn't one of these drivers who left by his own accord. Do you feel like, or he? I well, guess he wasn't he had good a, enough. Well, that's. I would disagree with that. Am I getting away with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's not that surprising. I think 
he's basically got the same stance he did when he first lost his Renault seat like his life would go on fine without F1 but he wouldn't he would quite like to come back like he's not desperate for a seat he's not just going to go searching for the slowest car to get into but yeah no, I, mean, I, I don't I, think anyone opinion, searches for the slowest no, exactly. car to go into but I think that the interview that came out today uh, when we were recording this didn't really change much like we kind of knew that already he would come back if he could but he's kind of had his time almost so see I again I'm not convinced this is the end of the Hulkenberg story I'd be very surprised if he comes back full time all I'm thinking Jamie again Audi Porsche (laughs) I'm wondering but then obviously when you look at the time scale like you know they're probably not going to come in until 2025 he's already 34 I believe is he that old? He's getting on a little bit. I oh, think he is, isn't 33, he? 34. No, he is 34, yeah. 34? So. He's washed up. Yeah, he's not coming <laughs> back. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I retract that. He's not coming back. Fair enough. I mean, I'd love to see him back in a decent car, but I think... Or, other idea, sorry. Seb retires. Yeah, well, this is Seb's first. He's obviously back um, from isolation this this race. And he may suddenly decide to call it a day. <laughs> I'd take two laps in that Aston Martin yeah. and probably think the same thing, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's not, not where a four-time world champion should be, really. No, but no. Yeah, it's it's not a great car at all. But yeah, I can see him popping in and out when he needs when needed and stuff. Like, basically any of the Mercedes-powered teams get a COVID case, I think Hulkenberg would probably be the first choice. Um, I'd say Aston Martin-Williams, yes. Not McLaren or... Who is McLaren's reserve? Is it Van Dorn? No. I think so still, but I'm thinking Oscar Piastri. Oh yeah, they made that a little agreement, didn't they? Mm. I forgot about that. Yeah, Piastri are probably in. I am so looking forward to the day we see Piastri <laughs> Announce COVID for one of the McLaren drivers. Oh, honestly. like I would never wish it upon anyone, but, you know, Mando Norris, lick, lick some turnstiles or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there um, we go. Yeah, let's let's talk then, Jamie. Australia, we're back in Melbourne for the first time since 2019, kind of. Well, this time two years ago was... Well, not this time, but when we were in a Melbourne two years ago, everything was kicking off and the world was ending. It was a so, disaster. Well, it was a yeah. wild time to be alive. <laughs> that was such a weird time, yeah. I don't even know. But yeah, we're back. Uh, first race here since 2019, um, which Bottas won. That was uh, Honda's first race at Red Bull as well, which is quite mad. The, yeah. uh, they went on to win a championship together and then quit. But Well, kind of quit. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to this race, definitely. The track seems to be improved. We can we can hope that it will have some better racing because I saw a stat earlier, actually, on Twitter, Virtual Stat Man. Yeah, in the whole time, In the whole time Melbourne's been on the calendar, excluding restarts and race starts, there's been one overtake for the lead ever. Which I mean, is crazy. It's, it's been on the calendar now since what 1997, something like that. It's been such a long time. Because interesting fun fact as well, Jamie, Damon Hill was the last driver to win two races inside the same country back to back at two different circuits. What still now? Still now. Wow, that's impressive. He won the last race in 1996. And then the first race in 97. Fair play. Well done, Damon. Um, yeah, I don't know what to add to that, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the changes will basically make it 
so much more flowing. You've kind of basically you got like pretty much full throttle from the exit of turn three up until the fast chicane. There's maybe one corner in that time, but yeah, yeah, six might be yeah a bit of a lift, and five to be honest might be a bit of a lift now. Really, um, they've not lost that much downforce, have they? Uh you never know. Heavy fuel, things I doubt like that. It. I guess heavy fuel, yeah, but in quality they'll be nailed through there definitely. Oh yeah, qualifying though we completely pinned. But yeah. Um, well you yeah. you're our you're our scout for this, Ben you. What's it what's it like in real life, Matt? Uh it's very different to how I remember it, to be honest, in real life, Jamie. Um <laughs> but yeah, it is always quite strange that when you look at Albert Park because it's a weird street circuit, isn't it? It's one of those older street circuits that you don't really think is a street circuit. Yeah, yeah. It's very oddly positioned as well in Melbourne. It's well, kind of <laughs> it's kind of in Melbourne, but not really in Melbourne all at the same time. It's really bizarre to try and explain. I mean, the, probably the word to describe it is the suburbs. But yeah, that that word exists for a reason, I think. Yeah, but it's weirdly close to like the downtown district as well. It's mm. just a bit strange. Um, but of course, yeah, the big talking point though today: four DRS zones with just two detection points, which seems ludicrous to me. I don't know. Like, we kind of saw it in Bahrain and in Saudi that through the high speed sections, they can actually follow each other now that they seem to be able to. Like, yeah. at least better than last year for sure. Uh, don't say it. I don't I really want to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the need to just ram a DRS zone everywhere. <laughs> ah, I think, okay. I think, luckily for Melbourne, it should be a bit better than it was in Jeddah, with it being ridiculous, where you have like the one. Uh, towards turn 27 then a heavy braking zone and then another one straight away because the switch of positions was like artificial to me I didn't like it too much yeah um, and I think but at least for Melbourne the one before yeah. turn 9 and the one before turn 1 we shouldn't see many overtakes into those two corners I doubt I was so, more actually thinking of the traction zones really? they're both a lot more difficult traction zones than yeah um, they are yeah Jeddah, obviously, because the problem was with Jeddah was it was a slow speed corner with only really one line. But of yeah. course, unless you've Verstappen it from 2021, which no one was going to do a race from unless you're Nicholas Satifi, <laughs> um, obviously, it was a pretty sort of. I, I, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it, but I, I think like an analog corner I want to sort of describe it. Yeah, it was yeah. only sort of one way through. Obviously, Albert Park, there's a lot more room for error through turn two and turn ten, as Pass found out. Yeah, the the exit of certain corners here, especially turn one two, is always, and turn nine and ten is something you can definitely mess up. Yeah, which they haven't been there in a while, and they also haven't driven, like I don't know, like recent memory, it feels like every track is either a street track or one with huge expansive runoffs. Yes, like yeah. so they haven't been to a track like this, almost traditional type track in a while. It feels like, so I wonder yeah. if there'll be much rust or if there'll be a, there'll be okay. Now you mentioned Jamie the DRS zones. Mm. I genuinely think they should have been a bit braver with this. What, make it longer back to turn six or something? I think this. Uh, so here's my idea. And obviously, the first part I think makes a lot of sense. The second part I would just be really interested to see. So, like we said, that back straight DRS zone, all the way from turn seven to turn nine, I reckon, right the way through. That's such a long section. It is. I completely agree. But here's the one I'm really interested in, I want to hear from you. <laughs> Between turn 14 and turn 3, I reckon that should all be available for DRS. So you've got to it try is. and be brave on the exit of turn 2. Oh. 
I mean, yeah. A bit like 2011 qualifying. That I mean, that would that would be interesting. I feel like no one would be stupid enough to make a mistake like that. Now, I'm not convinced the cars wouldn't be able to handle turn two. I reckon... Sorry, they would be able to handle turn two with DRS. Yeah. It's just a bit of a risk, isn't it? Because, you, like, you miss your apex slightly and you're suddenly on the artificial grass and you're opening DRS and you just You don't walk. open the DRS. Yeah. <laughs> it would be That's interesting to see, definitely. This is what I'm saying, obviously, because turn one and two, the only way normally you get a run into turn three is either the car in front of you makes a mistake... Or you mm. go complete balls to the wall at a turn two. This yeah. is why I'm thinking, you know, whether there should be that little bit of reward if you can activate the DRS earlier. Yeah, potentially. I don't think, what, 10, 15 metres would make that much difference on such a short section of track. But it would be interesting to see, definitely. I yeah. think we're more likely to see moves, well, just the traditional type move into turn three, really, where you force someone defensive into one. You get a switch yeah, back and then yeah. go and run into three. I think. But again, probably... this would play into my DRS idea. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Maybe you should uh, contact Ross Braun and be like, sort us out. Okay, I'll hit him up with an email. Yeah, yeah. Ross Braun at gmail.com. Yo, mate, yep. let me sort out your DRS sound. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a response. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, looking at sort of like the one between turn eight and turn nine, I'm sort of there. Like, I feel like that kind of doesn't really do the job the DRS is designed to. Yeah, we'll get people close, I think, and then they're close enough for maybe a move into 11. I don't think we'll see anyone into 9 at all. No, no. But this is what I mean. I think if you had the DRS zone all the way back from 7, you probably would see yeah, you probably would. But nine. then the, the problem is there, you don't want to make it too easy almost, because if you're driving past it before the braking zone, that's not the point. Um, but yeah, there isn't really a braking zone before 9 anyway, to be honest. There'll be a bit more now, I would have thought. You've probably gone to 6, maybe, I'd guess, something like that. Well, you'll take the corner at the same speed, won't you? But obviously, we're going yeah. in a lot quicker. Yeah, so it yeah, will be a couple true. of downshifts. Um, and then, of course, turn 11. I'm really, really intrigued to see how that turns out. Of course, yeah, one of the less stated sort of track changes that could actually make a huge difference. They've here. made that a bit sharper, haven't they, in turn 11? It's a bit longer the straight, and then, yeah, a proper 90-degree corner. Yeah, which could allow fact, for a bit more, more overtaking. Because that. that's always a problem with the DRS zone there in the past. It's just such a, like, a curved corner that it's almost like no braking zone really you tap the brakes very briefly well you kind of and, launch it through past yeah. the apex don't you so unless you're like fully alongside before the braking zone there's just no point trying it yeah so i'm interested to see if that makes a difference i would still put my money on turn three being the most popular place for overtakes yes yeah probably we'll for being sensible i can't wait for it to end up now being turn 14 or something stupid. yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean this is what we want to see though you know I've now because re- I've always been a fan of Melbourne. I've always loved the circuit. I know you've never felt the same way. I I do. I like it as a season opener. I feel like now it's not a season opener. Like I feel like we've been gentle on it because we've been always kind of the back of like two months off of F one. So we always yeah. just take what we get. But I think now it's not a season opener, and we've had two very good races. I feel like this one's going to be a bit dead to be honest. But we'll have to wait and see. Maybe the track changes will surprise me. Yeah, exactly. It's always the worry, isn't it, with track changes? You know, sometimes we see tracks try to make changes for the better and it just completely goes the wrong way. But it's, again, another step into the unknown. And I think this is what keeps F1 interesting at the moment, though. Um, Speaking of Australia, then, Jamie, let's jump into it then. Currently, you're, what, 7 6 up on the predictions? Um, I believe. Yeah, 7 6. Yeah, after I nailed it last week. Um, you did do pretty well last week. I credit where credit's well. due. I would, 
predictions for Melbourne. It's so hard doing it. Like, we've not been there in three years. <laughs> like, last time Leclerc raced there, I oh know, last time he raced there with a legal car, he was in a Sauber. So, it's so hard to tell if he's good there or not. It was also his first ever race in 2018. So, yeah, we ignored 2019 because the engine didn't count. I will say, everyone's going to call me a fanboy, but I'm going for Staff and Pole. Oh, <laughs> oh, I wanted um, to say Verstappen pole. I will say Verstappen win. Ah. Uh. Um, I might go for a little a cheeky little Chaco Perez. A then, Red Bull one two. And then Leclerc for the first time since when? Malaysia twenty sixteen. Oh. Only for the second time in the hybrid era. If Not a serious team. <laughs> yeah, I will go Verstappen Perez Leclerc. Interesting. Okay. Red Bull OP 2013 style. Red Bull OP 2013 style. Right. Okay. Um. Now I really want to be exciting and interesting here. <laughs> Magnus on pole. I, no, not not <laughs> stupid. Um. I just can't bring myself to go particularly different from you on this. And the thing is, well, obviously, whoever loses this at the end of the year gets gets a tweet put out on their account. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to also say Verstappen pole, but I am going to go Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez top three. Oh, wow. that's that's so different. That it's going to be a massive point swing this week. <laughs> it is, isn't it? But I'm only one point behind you, so I I'm yeah, I suppose it's early minutes. days. We'll just keep her. Uh hanging in there until the end of the season while we go wild <laughs> yes yeah um quickly as well then jamie of course no fantasy results to look back at this week though have you though made any changes to your roster not as of yet um we're still rocking the old verstappen leclerc ferrari combo with a few cheapos alongside that with ocon joe and magnuson the only thing i can see me changing is potentially ocon to I don't know a Bottas or Alonso or anyone like that potentially Gasly if he drops enough in price um, yeah I don't see myself changing my big five other than Ocon who's like the spare man really yeah but yeah we'll have to wait and see uh -huh. I tend to wait until practice because I'm a sweat so I'll see yeah, what the you times really are like. do try hard this don't you <laughs> well I'm doing oh. well so we've got to keep it up you know yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough I mean <laughs> I've had a rough and interesting start for the year. A lot of potential in my team, um, but hasn't quite delivered as well as I would have liked. Of course, now finally Latifi has been made cheaper. I've managed to scrap him and Albon's also been made cheaper, so I've squeezed him into the roster. Uh, but I'm still rocking, yeah. Magnussen, Leclerc, Ferrari, the same three as you. Uh, I've then got Albon, Perez and Russell. So, you know, if Mercedes, you know, sort of bring up the pace a bit, I've definitely got some strong potential there as well so i stand strong by my field of number twos it feels like yeah <laughs> fair enough and we obviously hamilton is the only driver to get to get pole at melbourne in the hybrid era um which is kind it's of gonna happen again this weekend yeah i'd be very surprised but we never know he does I often mean, pull out like a second in sector one like he did in 2018 so you never know <laughs> sunday as well jamie last time i checked the weather it was predicted for Shepherds. i just had a look I've just had a look. It's I don't know what time the race happens, and it's quite late, isn't it? Fairly afternoon, yeah. So yeah, there's 25 percent. It says from about three o'clock onwards. So we never know. We will we can get have back to, to the uh, the old F1 trend of looking at the weather and getting disappointed. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, you mentioned him as well briefly, Jamie. Fernando Alonso, Alpine's El Plan, apparently is trying to get as many grid penalties as yeah. possible this year. What is going on? <laughs> oh, it's an absolute nightmare for Alonso. He's already on his third ICE, I want to say. Yep. Um, I don't know. Five place penalty. No, he's not got a penalty this race. This is he's allowed. Oh, you sorry, you get three now, don't you? Yeah. yeah. But any more, which when he's going at the rate of one per weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a lot <laughs> then, of penalties. Yeah, he's looking at a five place penalty every race. But no, it's yeah, unfortunate. Obviously, he had that failure in Jeddah. I don't know what happened to one in Saudi in um Bahrain. Sorry, but he got yeah, sand in it. Not great from Alonso. But yeah, he'll be. He's used to penalties after the 85 place at Belgium 2017. So, oh, it was 2015, sorry. 20... I can't remember. Uh, it might be, yeah, one or the other, wasn't it? Yeah. A starting, fun time. From a, starting from a bus stop chicane. <laughs> or even further, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all part of the fun, isn't it? Um, yeah, last, I think we're not really forgetting much else, though, are we, Jimmy? Apart from, obviously, of course, it is looking more and more likely with every passing day that Porsche and Audi could next week get signed off to be allowed to apply for an F1 mm. that would be very good especially with the strong Andretti rumours happening a couple of months ago we could be up to the full 26 yeah that would be mad although am I right in thinking that one of them would be like through McLaren or is that sort of conjecture there were talks that McLaren could have got bought out but they've all faded away right uh, it could be that they sort of McLaren and them lean on each other for a bit so McLaren gets some dirt cheap engines. Right. Yeah. But even so, potentially 24 cars, maybe 26, would be very good for F1. Yeah. And I mean, but I do I feel think... like 26, we'd need to up the points, I think, maybe. I wouldn't. It depends on how competitive it is, I suppose. Yeah. Because, I mean, 10 cars. It's weird, isn't it, when we sort of think now 10 cars scoring points is actually quite a lot. Well, it's, that, it's the most we've ever had, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Unless, of course, not. it used to be the old adage of fastest lap bonus point got split out between people. Between seven people, yeah. Yeah, Silverstone 1955? I believe I so. When Fangio won the title with 55 and a seventh of a point. Nice, what a, what a baller. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think that poten- I mean, that is massive for F1 if Porsche yeah, yeah. and Audi sign the dotted line. Get your stocks in, ready for the big spot. I've already got my Porsche <laughs> share. I've already got my Formula One share. I haven't got an Audi share, though. Have you got your Teo Porsche share? I have not got my Teo. <laughs> I would love to invest in Teo Porsche share, although, tell you what, he needs to invest in a new Mecha Chrome engine. I yeah, he what. does. He needs to invest in a new team. He's had <laughs> so much bad luck this year in F2. It's only F1 in Melbourne, right? No, yes. No support series, unfortunately. There's no way... Well, apart from like the Aussie V8s and things like that, they're not going to yeah, drag yeah. Formula 2 or F3 down there True. to the land down under. Um, but I think, Jamie... That's about we, everything. I think we've covered everything this week, haven't we? We haven't forgotten anything. Not going to check Twitter quickly. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. It's something always gets announced <laughs> just after we finish one of these. So we look forward to that. Um, I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. So, so yeah. yeah. Let us know your, your predictions for Melbourne in the comments. Yes. Man, I'm loving that plug, mate. Fair play. <laughs> You're becoming a podcast pro. Go rate us on Spotify as well. Yes, yeah, if you give us a five-star rating on Spotify, that would massively, massively help us out as well. Obviously, give us a follow over there. Uh, I personally as well just want to say a quick thank you. Last week, I was thanking you guys for 40,000 subscribers. Now, I'm thanking you for 41,000. In fact, at the time of recording this, we're almost up to 41.5k. 50k before F1 2022 Uh, might just be possible now, which is just stupid. 
uh, in my <laughs> eyes. But yeah, massive thank you to all of you guys, like I said, for all the continued support on the channel. But Jamie, as always, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you for coming along. Thanks for having me. We'll see next, you next week. Yeah, next week, Jamie might have a bit of an interesting background. Yeah, we'll um, see. <laughs> but we'll wait and see about that. But yeah, let us know, like we said, your predictions uh, for the Australian Grand Prix next weekend. And yeah, we'll be back episode 50 Jamie next week and no one will we'll get the party wow. poppers ready the half century we'll see you and then half century